0: here to hear the Word of God this morning. And we're going to do a couple of weeks from one of my favourite parables in the Bible. I've preached on this so many times. I've prayed on it. I've used it. I use this as a plumb line for my life. Always have done. Been in seminars that that are really based on this. I mean, it's, it's one of those parables that speaks to all of us. And as we hear the voice of God today, I absolutely know he, he, it will speak to all of us this morning. Matthew 25, let's read it, shall we? For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And he gave one five talents, the thing in the passion or the, whichever translation, he said 5,000 pounds to another two, to another one, to each according... To his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them, made another five. Yeah. Likewise, he who had received two gathered two more also. But he who had received just one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. So he who had received the five came and brought another five and said, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more besides them. And his Lord said to him, And the Lord said to him, Well done. Well done, he said. Good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord, your Lord. He also who had received the two came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. I gained two more beside him. And the Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful a little. I'll make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I know you to be a hard man. (whistles) Wow, this guy has got a serious relationship problem with the master. completely, completely wrong perspective of the master. Lord, I know you to be a hard man reaping where you haven't sown. What do you mean? He's just given you a talent. He's sown into your
1: life. See, this is what religion will do for you. Reaping where you haven't sown, you gather where you haven't scattered seed. And I was afraid, there it is, There it is.
0: I was afraid. I was in fear. Fear led my responses. Fear led my decision. Fear led my mindset.
1: Fear. I was afraid
0: and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there it is. You can have what's yours. Been in the ground, a bit dirty now, a bit muddy. But there you go, you can have it back. And the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I haven't sown, gather where I haven't scattered seed. Well, that doesn't make sense then, does
1: it? If that's what you think, then you should have returned something. It just doesn't make sense.
0: You ought to have at least put my money with the bankers at my coming. I would have received back mine with interest. So, the talent, so take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10. Well, that would be controversial today, wouldn't it?
1: Just saying. God doesn't work like the world, completely different system. For to
0: everyone who has, more will be given, and he's going to have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has, is going to be taken away from him. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and the gnashing of teeth. Today, I want to talk about, are we builders or are we barriers? Are we builders or are we barriers? What do we do with what God has given us? Do we build with it or do we bury it? Are we led by faith or are we led by fear? Are we builders or are we buriers? Out of all the
1: parables, there's a couple that really, I've already said this, really stick with me. One is the parable of the sower. This is the other one. It clearly demonstrates that God is a rewarder, that God expects return.
0: I mean, there's a number of things, and we're going to go through these. It emphasizes, really, and I don't want overly to speak on this today or next week, but it really emphasizes to me that there are eternal consequences to our lives. Eternal consequences. The world wants us to live for today. Now, Jesus says, you know, have concern for today, and that's it, don't worry about tomorrow. But he wants us to live with an eternal perspective. An eternal perspective. Now, that doesn't mean to say we go so overboard that we don't consider our life. That it's just all about the sweet by and by. That's not what I'm talking about. But everything has eternal consequences. Again, on this... On this um, Conversation I was having on the train yesterday, we talked about the fact that, that everybody knows everything now. You can find out anything. You can find out news. You can find out what people have said, what people have done. Everything's just public and open. But you know what? There's a verse in Matthew 11 that says, God is going to judge for every idle word. God is the one who I want looking at my words Hello? God, and yet the world is now the judge. Can you see what switched? It's amazing. It's amazing to me what has happened in the generation we live in. Amazing. I'm old enough to have seen a generation start and grow into adulthood, and the change that has happened in that span of time is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. The world now wants to play God. But my first point today is this clearly, Jesus is the master. Jesus is the, let's all say that. Jesus is the master. Now, that's not a word we'd often use. See, we love to use the word Lord. Jesus is Lord. But we have such a religious connotation on that so often, we need to see him as boss. We are disciples, which means there is an accountability of our lives to God that involves some discipline. Hello? We are accountable to God, and and God we we heard our judge and our defender. We read it, we, we sang it earlier. He's our Lord, He's our boss, He's King. Now, we don't understand that today because we don't, yeah, we live in the United Kingdom and we have a queen and we absolutely honor the queen and we respect the queen. But the queen has no authority over our lives because it's all changed. You go back 300 years, we saw something on the news yesterday, and there were some people who liked the queen and those who didn't, and some were cheering and some were shouting. Nastiness. Three hundred years ago, your head would be off your shoulders by this morning. You understand? Now we don't live in that society anymore. Fine, and that's that's all good. You know, we, uh, d- you know, democracy is the best of a bad mess. I mean, seriously, it's the best of a bad mess. There's nothing better than democracy, but it's not perfect. But our God is King. He's king. And when we come into his presence, we fall on our face. He's the master.
1: He's the Lord.
0: We're his disciples. It's not just some emotional response to Jesus. Oh, I think I'll try salvation. It's because of a conviction on the inside that we're standing before a holy God. And we don't get heavy on all this stuff and heavy on sin and heavy on repentance because it is a work of the Holy Spirit and it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance and it's the goodness of God which means that we're drawn towards Him and when He's lifted up because of an expression of love, an expression of grace, not an expression of nasty, heavy judgment. It's the expression of love and mercy and grace that means we're drawn to the cross by the work of the Holy Spirit. But when we stand in His presence, He's God. and he's Lord and he's King and he's crowned with many crowns. And we're his sons and daughters who as a response of understanding who he is, we choose to serve.
1: It's his kingdom.
0: Now we're co-heirs. Oh man, I could go right off track now. I need to stay here. We have an inheritance that's the same as his. He's inherited all things, the Holy Spirit's in us, we've inherited all things, and the Christian life is about finding out what we've inherited. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So please, you know, you know, you've been here a long time, a lot of you, some of you, perhaps this is your first day. We you know, absolutely I know who I am in Christ, but I know who he is. I know who he is, because otherwise it's just arrogance. Oh, I know who I am. I'm a king, I'm a ruler, I'm a, I'm a high priest, a, a priest, not a high priest, he's the high priest. I'm a priest and a king and whatever I put my hand to prospers. If you don't know who he is, all that is is arrogance. Hello? Because it's all rooted and grounded in our relationship and our understanding and insight as to who he is. Jesus is not a comfort blanket or a fashion accessory. He is the boss, the Lord, the King of our lives. And we've given our life to Him. And He said He gathered these three, and we're all in those three. I don't know today if you're a five-talent, two-talent, or one-talent person. But we're all somewhere in those three.
1: And he gathered them, and it says it gave him
0: his goods. One of the most life-changing times in my life. The most. 1991, I was sitting on the front row at, where was it? Earl's Court number two. Led some of the meetings introduced some of the speakers, done some of the offerings. 10,000 people sitting there and it's like, yeah, what a great conference this has been and really, really good. And I was off that morning, so I was just sitting on the front row and I heard somebody preach and it changed my, it was an evening actually, and it changed my life. He said, everything we have belongs to Jesus Christ. And it was a word that exploded on the inside of me. I believe in tithing, I'm a, you know, absolutely, it's our covenant, whatever, but it's not 10% belongs to God and 90% to me. No, everything belongs to God. My life belongs to God. And I can remember I sat on the front row and I looked down, it was in the days where I was wearing suit and ties and had some hair, actually. Saw somebody yesterday, hadn't seen for about 20 years, and he said, oh, the last time I saw you, you had hair. That's so what he said. That's what he said when I walked through this shop door to buy a new drum skin because the drum skin broke. So I did that yesterday and sorted that out. And He said, you've lost your hair. So I was sitting down on the front row and I had hair. <laughs> and I had shoes on and a suit and a tie and shirt and a tie pin, little gold tie pin. I went through so many tie pins. I went through so many because there are times offerings would come and whatever it is the days before cards, and so many times they didn't have anything and I'd give me tie or I'd give my tie pin. I've given so many there. I've given pens. I've given tie pins. I've given ties. Never come empty-handed before God. Just a thought anyway, but I haven't got any tie pins today. So, and I can remember I sat there and I looked down at my shoes. And you, some of you have heard this a number of times, but it was life-changing. And I said, God, these shoes are your shoes. Thank you for letting me wear them. Now, that was just mind-blowing for me. That just may sound silly to you, but I was thinking I'm wearing God's shoes. And I looked at my suit, and I looked at my tie, and I looked at my shirt, and I looked at my watch. And I said, thank you, Lord. And then I said, thank you for the flat that we rent, for letting me live in your flat. It hit me. I was in tears on the front row. It absolutely was a life-changing moment that I realized I was a steward. Life-changing. And I said, thank you for the car that we drive. If you want anybody else to have your car, let me know. It wasn't long after that, we gave the car away. Now, a lot of you know they gave it back. (laughs) It's true. It's true. They gave it back. They said, no, thank you. But it's the best we had. Best we had. Everything we are and everything we have is God's. Everything, everything, everything. Because he's the master. Now, point number two is this. Jesus is confident enough to trust us with his stuff. It says that he gave five talents to It was his stuff that he gave. It was his stuff that he gave. And if we can get a mindset that it's his stuff, then we can live the abundant life because we know the outcome of all of this. He's entrusted the salvation of the world into our hands. Let me say that one again. He's entrusted the salvation of the world. How can somebody get saved unless there is a preacher? And how can somebody preach unless... They, I mean, it's all there, Romans 10. It didn't just happen. I didn't get saved because God fell on my life for just out of the blue. I got saved because somebody gave me the book, Run, Baby, Run. They gave it to me and I read half of it. And when the guy got saved, I threw the book away. But something had already changed. So I'm not... A, I hate religion. I hate it. It just so happened that a few months later, the guy in the book was speaking at the, the Fairfield Halls in Croydon, and I ended up, I shouldn't have even been there. Supposed to be at a club in London, watching a band called the Cardiacs at the Marquee Club in Wardour Street. That'll ring a bell with some of you. The my orange hair. But you see, a seed had been sown. I didn't see an angel. I didn't get slapped upside the head by the Holy Ghost. It was just somebody who God had trusted with giving me the gospel. See, we're stewards of our time. We're stewards of our words. We're stewards of our finances. We're stewards of our our relationships. We're stewards of our gifts and our talents. I love that. To him who has, more will be given. You see, more is not the result of prayer. Let the penny drop right now. More is not the result of prayer. More is the result of good stewardship. More oil, Lord, more anointing, Lord, more anointing, Lord, more anointing, Lord. God, we want so much anointing that we're absolutely soaking wet with the oil and the dew on Mount Hermon and the oil that pours down here and and down the beard and down onto the bells at the bottom. And more God, more God, that I'll have the corporate anointing and then I'll have a personal anointing. And then God, if Benny Hinn comes through, let him lay hands on me. I'll have his anointing. Hello? Anointing is to be stewarded. And the increase of the anointing comes because we've used up the oil we've already had. You've used it up. Not that that it's run dry, but you got oil, one of the oils that so many people seem to want more of and they pray for it but it's supposed to be used is the oil of joy. Oh God, give me joy. No, jump a bit. Clap a bit. Dance a bit. Use the oil. Steward what you got. Oh God, give me more grace for people. No, use the grace you got and you'll find that tomorrow you got some more. You see, stuff comes as a result of stewardship,
1: not just the result of prayer. Oh, is this, is this all right? Yeah. We're getting anything out of this. Oh, this is amazing to me. Yeah. I could spend a long time on that. Point number three. Jesus gives according to our own ability. He gives us according to our ability, according to our current development level. See, abundance will kill you if you've not grown to steward it. And I'm a prosperity preacher. But abundance will kill you in every area of life, if you don't know how to steward it, I ask myself, what have I achieved? What have we achieved? See, today I've entitled, as you know, Builder or Barrier." Builder or barrier, because
0: that's the point of the of the sermon here. I love David. Again, having a conversation with somebody else and they brought this up and I thought it's just so in line with what, you know, what did David say? Is it about 15, 16 years old, killed a lion, killed a
1: bear. What did he done? He built. He
0: didn't start with Goliath. And I'm going to say this, uh, you know, I wasn't going to say this, <laughs> I wasn't going to say this. I'd made my mind up that I wasn't going to say this. But when I was, I don't know, 20, 25, I passed in my first church when I was 25 and got saved when I was 18, 19, just turned 19. And, you know, the enemy comes or whatever and you go, wow, this is a Goliath. Now you look back and you go, you know what, it was a midget. But it was a Goliath for me then. <laughs> Come to find out, it's the sort of thing you shake off your shoe today. Just sort of, i oh, get off. But back then, it was like, ah, oh, Goliath. Oh. Well, it's because I'm only this tall back then. Can you get what I'm saying? See, David, even it's not an age thing. It's a stewardship thing. David said, "I look after the sheep. Take care of the sheep that God's given me. When a lion came up, ha, grabbed it by the beard. Oh, what a man. What a guy. We had a cat trapped in our house for three days the other week. We didn't know it was there. No, we don't have a cat. We got dart frogs. We got a, a crested gecko, a snake, and a rabbit, and a, some marine fish. Welcome to We Bought a Zoo at, at the Melfi household. Brilliant film, so good. Anyway, and so this cat came in, and it was hiding in the corner behind the computer, and we pulled out the computer table. Uh, You know, if you get near it, we'll leave it there then, shall we? (laughs) Make make yourself at home. So it sort of sat there for a number of hours, wouldn't come out, didn't want to, you know, well, I did want to prod it with all sorts of things, but we didn't want to, you know, so we we just left it there. Came down, and it, it had gone. Fantastic. So, closed the back doors, put the computer table back. Three days later, <laughs> there it is sitting in the fireplace. And it's been all over the haze media. We've lost a cat. Come to find out it was Stephen's school friend, so he phoned him up about midnight. It was about, you sent a text about midnight, and the dad co- got up, because the sun went in. Dad, dad, wake up. Came round about half one in the morning. It was one to one-thirty. They came around, we were still up, I was still working, we were still doing stuff, and he was like, and he looked at it, he said, What time do you guys go to bed? <laughs> and we said, After you take your flipping cat. <laughs> That's what we said. <laughs> After you get this thing out of here. But anyway, so they took the cat. <laughs> you know, somebody came around the next day and bought us a box of chocolates. Uh, really nice of them. Thank you so much. He hadn't slept for three days absolutely distraught that the cat was lost. And we said, it's been right, it's been sitting here under the, under the sofa, in the fireplace. Good job. Good job your rabbit didn't get hold of it. Fluffy would have won, wouldn't he? <laughs> Fluffy would have been like, kill a rabbit.
1: Killed a lion. Killed a bear. This giant just going to take its head off. But can you see the stewardship even in that?
0: See, God won't allow you to be tempted, tested, or tried beyond that that you can bear. But how do you know what, as in not bear, oh boy, you can handle. Gets confusing, doesn't it? Um, you only know what you can handle because you've defeated something. And then you defeat something else, then you defeat something else, and each time it's a bigger thing. And in the end, you're treading on stuff that you used to spend a long time fighting. Just don't fight it anymore. Just walk on it. But there's a progression. Lion to bear to giant. Next week, I'm going to be speaking about increasing our capacity. Capacity is absolutely vital. What capacity do I have? What capacity do you have? Capacity for change, capacity for challenge, capacity for faith, capacity for for whatever, capacity. I'm a bit of a electronics guy. I rewire things and remake things and there's something called a capacitor. There's a resistor, we don't want to be resistors. Just saying, stops the flow. There's a diode which only sends it through one way and won't allow it back. We don't want to be a diode. We want to be two-way. But there's something called a capacitor which stores energy, stores power. What capacity have we got? Capacity for change. Capacity to stand and having done all to stand, stand. Capacity to face the enemy. Capacity to rejoice. Capacity. Next week, I'm going to be speaking on capacity. But he gives each according to our ability. Ability to what? To be a servant. Ability to gain five more talents. Ability to be bold.
1: Ability to, to confront things that we don't want to confront.
0: Number four, to put hand in hand with that. It's really important to understand this. Jesus gives us our ability. So we grow it, but he gave it to us. Is this okay? You getting anything out of this today? He gives us the ability. Now, this is where we're going today, and I make no apology about this. We all have gifts and talents. All of us. And we all are a gift or a talent. You are the best you. Don't bury yourself in the ground. Don't hide yourself behind insecurity, fear, experience that shut you down. Point number five, fear is our greatest enemy. It will shut your life down. It'll shut your mouth. It'll cause you to retreat, withdraw, make wrong decisions. I mean, this guy buried what God gave him. So many things will cause us to bury, and they are all as a result of fear. All as a result of fear. Don't bury your talent. Don't bury it. This, you know, today is are we builders or are we buriers? And I'm not really. Next week, I'm going to be talking about building more than burying. Is that okay? But today I want to talk about burying because there's a lot of buried stuff.
1: There's a lot of buried people.
0: There's a lot of buried giftings and talents. There's people, perhaps you're sitting here today and you are an anointed gift of God to be what God has called you to be and you've never said, here I am, Lord. Use me. I'm going to take what you've given me and I'm going to invest it. I'm going to invest it into the church. I'm going to invest it into the kingdom. In fact, there's four places that you invest your gift. Do you want those four very quickly? Number one, they're not on my notes. Number one, the kingdom of God. Yeah? Number one, you invest into the kingdom. That is who you are, what you have, that grace that's upon your life. Number two, The second place that you invest that gift, that talent, is the kingdom of God. Yeah? It's where you invest it. It's where you invest it. Number three, the kingdom of God. And the fourth place that you invest who you are, that gifting, that ability, that talent, that skill, that thing that you've blood, sweat, and tears to grow in your life. The fourth place is the kingdom of God because it's the only place, the only place where there is eternal reward. It's the only place.
1: The only place. And fear will get you to hide your talent Let go of incredible
0: opportunities. Pass them by. I hate to think, I'm going to stand before God. I've got no, I've got a lot of godly fear, but I've got no sort of, it's not where it is, but it's like, okay, I'm going to have some rude awakenings when I stand before God. And he says, well, you know, every idle word, there's a book of all the idle words. It says, you will give an account. And I'll read them. I'm scared to death. I'm, I'm, I'm just sick to death. And I'm, just, and I'm afraid not. <sighs> All the idle words, useless words. I can't do it. It will never work. It's over. I quit. I give up. Idle words. What an idiot. No, I'm not saying what I'm just saying. That, that'll be in there as well. Sharon picks me up on some of this stuff. Watch your words says the one who preaches about watch your words. She's good. Man, she's good. I'm glad I married her and you didn't. I'm glad (laughs) I married her. Man, she keeps me to account. With a smile, always with a smile. Fear will cause you to second guess yourself. What a horrible place to... You know what actually says? You know what one... Version says, God says this, I'm fed up with these, uh, play it safe, not willing to go out on a limb Christians. What a, what a great paraphrase that is. You know what else it says? I've got it written down here somewhere. Where is it? Where is it? The master was furious. What a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. What a great version of what he said, wicked and lazy servant. He's like, it's criminal to live like that. Cautious, second guessing, burying your talent. Criminal when we're stewards, standing before God. When we started Citygate in our lounge with six people, there was every reason to quit. When I was 25 years old and could hardly, well, actually not, 22, hardly put a conversation together because of a speech problem. So many reasons to quit. So many reasons to say I give up not doing it. But I refuse to bury a talent. I refuse. I refuse to put it in the ground. Not on my watch. Fear will kill your life will cripple you. Fear will tell you you haven't got enough time. You know, fear will tell you nobody will be blessed. Fear will tell you somebody else is better. We gave somebody a lot of money the other day just as a church because he'd, he'd had cancer, has cancer, or had cancer and it went away. Not a Christian, not, n- nobody, anything to do with the church. And um, I, I just heard about this person and you know, found out that he'd had cancer and then he, you know, he had all the chemo and whatever else and he got through it and um, then it came back and I heard about it and then his wife was made redundant in COVID and because of the cancer he couldn't work and they got kids so we heard about it and I said we'll pray for you again they're not a Christian family don't, don't know anything about Citygate never heard of us and uh, I just sent this guy a message. I, got his, I was able to, to message him, just saying, we'll pray, here, you know, pray for you. And I said, can I have your bank account details, please? And he said, what for? <laughs> what do you say? Because I want to load you up, mate. You got no money for a year, and you're fighting cancer, and you're whatever else, and God loves you. I didn't say any of that. I just said, oh, we just want to bless you. So he sent me his... He was really reluctant. I mean, sending somebody that you don't really know your bank account details, but he sent them to me and we sent him a few thousand just to bless him getting him through and he oh, just really moved me. He just sent back a text. He said, I'm sitting here in tears. Sitting here in tears. I cannot understand. He said, there are far more deserving people than me. And I said, yeah, there probably are, but I wanted to bless you. I wanted to bless you. I wanted, to bless you. I wanted to bless you. See, Either you're going to bury it in the ground. Who you are, the gift you have, that talent that's upon your life. Some people in this place, I mean, I talk about this a lot and my staff would know. I talk about Chris so much. I mean, a man who just wants to come and serve. Just give his life for the kingdom of God. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm here a lot. <laughs> We're all here a lot. And he's like, here, why are you here today, Chris. Oh, i just bring some stuff in, Pastor Jay from Food Bank. Why are you here today, Chris? Next day, three days later, why are you here to, I mean, he's here more than my paid staff. You need to learn some stuff, the rest of you know. Just, just people who have a heart to serve. I've been Bola and Faluca. I've only been around a couple of years in the church, three years or something. And, you know, I came in the other day and they were just upstairs praying, just saying, you know what, we just want to pray in the building. Just want to pray in the building. You could pray at home, but they drive the 40 minutes to get here just to pray in the building on a Friday. On their own. No one's watching, no one's looking, no one's taking timesheets and scoring. Small group leaders. And you're making those phone calls. You're making those phone calls to people that you haven't seen, and everything in you says, Oh, I can't be bothered. They didn't answer the phone last time. and dah, 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 dah. But you phone again. You phone again. The youth leaders that are here on a Friday night. Incredible, Friday Friday night. I mean, get a life, guys. Friday night's your night off. You're off and it's like, thank God it's Friday. And yet you're here on a Friday night. There is nothing greater in life than to return five more talents, two more talents, however you do it. That's in your workplace. Don't be one of these turn up at nine and go at five and never bring a return to the company. You're there to grow the company. Yes. Don't moan about the company that's paying your bills. Yes. Don't moan about it and curse the very people that are feeding you. Try and double their profits. Yes. Hello? Yes. Just a thought. Yes. Oh, I'm well over time. I've got to stop. But I'm not going to make any apology for this now. On the back of the chairs in front is a QR code. There you go. There's yours. There's yours, it's got a little QR code. If you get your phone out now and you put that on that, it'll say, hey, time to serve in CityGate. Oh, is that what this has all been about? No, don't you dare lose. Don't you dare lose the importance of today. But if I'd preached on healing, you'd be robbed if I didn't say, come on, let's lay hands on the sick. If I'd preached on forgiveness, you'd feel robbed if, I didn't, if we didn't have a time to say, come on, is this a time for response? And it is a time for response. We are here to build the greatest kingdom that there has ever been. That there has ever been. And it's the mountain of God that fills the whole earth. And you know what? There are times in church life for people to step up. Don't let fear shut you down. Point number six, we'll all give a count. Point number seven, Jesus rewards generously. What does he... Re- he rewards faithfulness and fruitfulness. Did you get anything out of that today? Really powerful day here today. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain and to set us off in the place of living our lives for other people. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we've heard today that you are the master. You are the master, you're the boss, you're our Lord. Not just a religious figure in a stained glass window or on a pillar somewhere. You are our Lord, our King, our boss, our teacher. We are your disciples. Jesus, you said go make disciples, not go grow a church. Make disciples, people who have their lives in order to to serve, to give, to love. That which we have, we give. And Father, today, we get our our spade out right now. And we will dig up that which we have buried. We'll dig it up right now in Jesus' name that grace that you've put upon our lives that came as a a grace when Jesus was raised from the dead it says he gave gifts to men gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists pastors and teachers for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry that we all do the ministry that we all grow up into him who is the head even Christ we come to the fullness and maturity of the one man Christ Lord that's all of us at work in the body Lord, so we get our spade out right now. Lord, forgive us for making time for other stuff and not make time, Lord, for the talent. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, right now for your grace upon our lives, for us to be all you've called us to be and to go from five to ten, from two to four. Lord, we thank you for the growth. And the incredible increase that you're giving CityGate at this point. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as Lord, just very quickly, I'm just going to ask this once. If you've never said yes to Jesus or you have said yes, but you know you're not living it, your life is buried right now. You're not shining. You're not giving people the gospel. You're not loving on people. And just just living that Christian witness. Come on, it's time to respond to Jesus today. If you're here and say, yep, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Saviour in a fresh way, lift your hand up right now, please. Thank you. Anybody else here today? Once I've seen it, that's awesome. You can put your hand down. That's great. Anybody else here today? Come on, people in this room saying yes to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's all pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Saviour to live for Him because He died for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give some praise to God today, shall we? Thank you so much for being here today. And it's, it's been a very, very special day today. Very special day. Put your talent to work in Jesus' name. God bless you.